Welcome again to the MDS podcast, the podcast channel of the International Parkinson and Movement Disorder Society. Today, we will be speaking with Dr. D'Amico from the Neurology Department of the Luigi Mavitelli University in Naples, Italy. She is also a PhD in neuroscience. Dr. D'Amico has published an article on the Movement Disorders Journal recently about the neuroimage connectivity correlate of anxiety in Parkinson's disease. Rosa, thank you for joining us and welcome to the MDS podcast. Thank you. Thank you, Michele. It's a great honor for me to be here. Thank you. And of course, thanks to the International Parkinson and Movement Disorder Society for inviting me today. Well, great. Let's start by introducing the problem from a clinical viewpoint. Why did you decide to study anxiety in Parkinson's disease? How much of a problem is it for people with Parkinson's? Well, uh, we all know the neuropsychiatric symptoms, including apathy, depression, anxiety may affect patient with Parkinson's disease. And among these, anxiety is very common and is reported in PD patients up to 65%. Of course, uh, here we, we, we talk about anxiety symptoms which are very uh, heterogeneous in their clinical presentation, but still they are very common and they have a great impact on Parkinson's disease. If we think that the estimated prevalence of anxiety in PD patients is higher than in the general population, it's also higher than in other chronic conditions, in other neurodegenerative disorders, then we realize that a relationship between anxiety and PD pathophysiological mechanisms can be hypothesized. For example, anxiety symptoms have been associated to the presence of more severe motor phenotypes, uh, have been associated to cognitive impairment. And these have been demonstrated at the clinical and epidemiological levels. So we focus on this cluster of non-motor symptoms because we believe that they may, they may tell us more about the mechanism underlying Parkinson's disease. Great. Well, you decided to look at this problem studying brain connectivity and to analyze differences between patients with and without anxiety. A key point of the paper is that you are studying de novo patients who have not received any treatment for Parkinson's, right? Why is that so important? That's right, that's right. In the study, we enrolled only drug-naive Parkinson's disease patients. And this is very important, as you said. When we look at functional connectivity, we're extracting measures that tell us how the activity of specific brain areas is associated with the others, even when they are structurally not connected together. And this, of course, provides insight about the way they communicate, the way they work together. This is the reason why drugs, especially dopaminergic treatments, but also neurodegenerative processes may affect functional connectivity measures. And it's crucial to avoid this bias, at least to look at something happening in the brain due to anxiety symptoms themselves. Okay, so having gotten rid of all these possible biases, can you summarize the main findings of the study? As I said, in the study, we apply racing-safe functional MRI to study the neural correlates of anxiety symptoms. But uh, how it works? Functional MRI is obtained from specific MRI scans. They are sensible to the levels of the oxygenated hemoglobin. So they measure the hemodynamic response associated with neural activity. This response increases when the neural activity in the brain area increases because the brain area consumes more energy. This phenomenon is called blood oxygen level dependent signal or bold signal. During the last years, we realized that some brain areas present a very highly correlated fluctuation of the bold signal over time. So their activity changes in the same way over time, even though those areas are not anatomically connected together. 
In other words, cortical areas with similar functionality show strong correlation of the ball signal fluctuation. And if we map those regions with highly correlated ball signal fluctuation, we can group all the brain areas into networks. Functional connectivity within and between these networks seems to be crucial to prepare future motor and cognitive tasks. We look at these networks in PD patients and found that a potential neurocorrelate of anxiety in PD may be the presence of abnormal functional connectivity within the so-called neurocognitive networks. These networks and their interaction are crucial to guarantee an efficient cognitive functioning, social functioning. They have been involved in emotional processing, decision-making, cognitive control, and, and so on. And we found that in patients with anxiety, those networks are, are altered, even though they're cognitively intact. So you find this interesting changes related to anxiety in the brain connectivity affecting different networks. Do you think that the involvement of these networks can help us understand the underlying neurobiological mechanism or mechanisms of this no-motor symptom? For example, other molecular imaging studies have shown early involvement of the serotonergic system in anxiety. Are those networks specifically related to changes, let's say, in dopamine or serotonin or maybe other neurotransmitters? Well, for sure, functional MRI cannot localize precisely some serotonergic or dopaminergic nuclei the way molecular imaging can do. And similarly, we cannot measure exactly the functionality of a specific brain area per se. But the both signal is highly correlated with synaptic activity of neurons. It reflects signals and information converging at the synaptic levels. As we say, it reflects the correlation between neural activity from different brain areas. So we can say the patient with PD and anxiety present a functional or maladaptive communication between areas that are involved in cognitive and social functioning. This includes uh, decreased top-down emotional regulation, disconnection between limbic and prefrontal areas, abnormal cognitive control. This helps us understanding the underlying neurobiological mechanism of anxiety. Yes, I believe we, we can do this. Perfect. Now let's talk about the practical applications of your findings. Could we use the changes that you have seen to predict the risk of anxiety in early PD patients? This is a very important question. There is, there is this interesting blog post from Peter Bandettini, which is the chief of the section of functional imaging method in the lab of brain and cognition in Bethesda. And he says, if how and when functional MRI goes clinical. Of course, we need larger pool data containing clinical longitudinal data, especially for PD patients to achieve this aim. We need to improve technical issue. Uh, we need to uh, offer rateable measures to compare one single subject to another subject. Uh, so I don't think we are in the stage to predict anxiety development in PD patients with functional MRI, but for sure we can understand better how anxiety can rise. We can learn what is, what is going on in a brain with PD and anxiety, but also what we can do to improve patient impact on, on, on daily life functioning. Good. So as you say, we are not ready probably for translation of these findings to clinical practice. Another thing that you suggest in the paper is that these changes may be used as a biomarker for clinical trials. Have you looked or do you plan to look how medication affect the functional changes that you have found? Yes, this is, this is something we are working on. 
One of the most relevant issues related to anxiety in PD patients is the evidence that the available treatments are not effective at all to improve these symptoms. And maybe this happened because we actually don't know very well which is the real mechanism to target in a Parkinsonian brain with anxiety. Pharmacological studies have been conducted mostly on patients without neurodegenerative disorders, and this may change a lot the effect of psychoactive treatment. If we look at the effect of drugs on these networks correlated to anxiety de development, we maybe can improve the way we treat these symptoms in PD patients. Or at least this is, this is what we dream to do, to aptly advance techniques to help people with Parkinson's disease in, in the lifetime, in the, in the daily living. Well, great. I think those are very interesting findings. Uh, thank you again, Rosa, for being with us today. Thank you, Michele. We have interviewed Dr. Demico on the article Connectivity Correlates of Anxiety Symptoms in Drug-Naive Parkinson's Disease Patients, published on the Movement Disorders Journal. Thank you all for listening.